0: What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 30 of the MangaLog podcast. This is a podcast where I introduce a brand new manga series each week, just give a little bit of background information about the manga and its creators, um, details on the story and characters, and some general impressions. Uh, I'll take time to comment on the writing, the art, etc. And my goal is just to provide you with enough details about the series to pique your interest um, and also determine... Um, if the series is something you would think you'd want to check out um, Of course this is a um, You know solo act But uh, it doesn't have to be um, I do provide opportunity uh, You know one week in advance for you to check out the series For yourself so if you want to contribute to the podcast In any way um, This would be a way to do it um, You could read the series uh, beforehand um, And then just uh, Post on social media or email me uh, Your thoughts on the series And I will read them out loud on the cast And just like you know respond basically to um you know your comments on the series um and people have done so in the past if you've listened to my backlog it just provides for you know a more um interesting uh discussion um and it also opens up thoughts that i didn't necessarily um think of you know when i was reading the series so it's nice to get those different differentiating uh viewpoints especially since i don't have a co-host with me um but yeah, so I try to focus on series that are legally available in English and can be accessed both digitally and physically. Uh, there's always a series that I want to comment on um, or, you know, introduce on the, on the pod, but they're either, either um, exclusively uh, print, um, like Naoki Urosawa's stuff, um, or, uh, you know, sometimes they're digital first um, and I don't comment on them right away. Um, and uh, And the whole theme is just accessibility. I want to make sure that anybody can check out um, any of the works that I feature on the uh, pod, unless, you know, you happen to be in a different country that doesn't have the um, manga licensed um, or something like that. You know, unfortunately, this is like a U.S.-based show, so it's like I can't, I can't, um, uh, which, what's the word, provide for every single thing, but um, but in that case, you'd probably find a way to get a hold of the series anyways. Um, I mean, after all, if they don't provide uh, legal means, then sometimes you have to go out of your way, but... At least in the US and uh, the English market, there's enough uh there to um that you wouldn't have to justify you wouldn't be able to justify going on your way to read something illegally. Um, but anyways, my name is John and uh the reason why that introduction spiel is all along, I i figured I'd give the whole spiel, usually I give an abbreviated version of that, but it's been a while since uh, my last episode. I took a bit of a break over the summer. Um I just want to welcome, uh, and this is around the time I would give uh, shout-outs, I just want to welcome all the people that have picked up the show over the summer. I really appreciate you guys. And, and then the guys that um, were already listening to the show and maybe went back um, and listened to some of the episodes that they might have skipped. Um, really appreciate you guys. Um, it's uh it's it was really great to see like the podcast is still picking up steam even though i wasn't posting anything so that was really exciting also shout out to a couple of my new followers on twitter um ellie at um st underscore ally uh thank you and uh this is actually a podcast i didn't um i've never heard of um until they followed me and i checked them out and they're actually really good um it's called queering the guillotine um it's uh they they say they're a pop culture uh podcast but um from what i've seen they mostly cover manga um i recently listened to their uh, Junji Ito podcast which if you guys remember um i did an episode on Tomie a while back and that's actually one of my favorite episodes i'm actually kind of proud of that one um and that's and Tomie has become one of my favorite series um i haven't read anything else from Junji Ito yet since then um, so it was interesting um, hearing their thoughts on some of his more uh, recent series, um, Fragments of Horror. It was like a compilation of a bunch of different short stories. I really liked their discussion on that. Um, they do um, they do go into spoilers. Uh, they usually they typically warn um, to warn you. I think it's in their show notes and stuff. Like they do spoil what they cover on the podcast. Um, at least for that fragments of horror um section um you know they they did talk in detail about certain stories but then other ones they left um spoiler free because they'd uh, encourage you to check the, the story on your own so it's not full spoilers but um if you're sensitive to stuff like that um which you might be if you're you know if you're, if you gravitate towards my show because I'm spoiler-free for the most part, then you might be sensitive to that kind of stuff. But I figured I'd give you a heads up. But I think they're a really, really good podcast, and um, I definitely recommend checking them out. That's Again, that's Queering the Guillotine, um, and uh, you know they're on iTunes and stuff like that. That's where I found them um, after uh, seeing that they followed me on Twitter. All right, this is episode 30, which is on B-Stars, and that's written and illustrated by Paru Iragaki. Um, this was recommended by a listener named Dakuzu, who is one of the hosts for the Manga Machinations podcast. I frequently shout them out on the show. Um, so to it's to almost the point where it's like, I'm, I feel like I'm, uh, fanboying a little bit, but, but they, they, they were a big inspiration for me starting this show. Um, if you want to hear more about my origins, I recommend checking out their, um, the episode that they had me on. I actually guessed it on their podcast, um, before I went on hiatus. um, and it was uh the main segment for the show was uh, a manga available on the manga plus app uh called Blue Flag. Um but that's all the way at the end. You don't have to worry about having uh read that in order to check out the episode. Um for the most part it's just um me talking about how I started the podcast and just like some of the series that got me into anime and manga and so on and so forth. Um and um forever thankful for them for allowing me on the show. That was pretty cool. Um but yeah, so uh, that was recommended by Dakuzu uh, Stars is uh, Itagaki's first serialization um, I think before she did a short story or something of that nature where um uh i think it was it it covered the same sort of material these anthropomorphic characters um it was just uh, you know like a smaller version um she took the ideas that she used in that short story and then made a full-fledged series out of it it seems like um it won quite a few awards uh while in japan um i think that's why it's licensed in english maybe it was you know people saw that was a really big hubbub um and uh it's like we really got to get on this um so uh it's actually published by viz and um there are two volumes out in English right now. Uh, I read both before doing this episode, but there are 14 out in Japan. Um, so got quite a ways. Um, and I think it's still ongoing, still publishing. So it's been running since September 2016 in a magazine called Weekly Shonen Champion. Obviously, it's a weekly magazine, uh, shonen uh, demographic. It's been running since 1969. The magazine itself has been running since 1969. Um, and it's been running alongside other series uh, such as Baki and Yaoi Mushi Petal. Um, that's Baki the Grappler. And then some other notable series that I've published in the magazine before are Blackjack and Cutie Honey. Um, and just a little bit of a side note, uh, B Stars will be receiving a Netflix-exclusive uh, um, anime. Um, and the anime is by Studio Orange. It's full CG. Uh, Studio Orange has worked on um, stuff like Land of the Lustrous in the past, which actually looks... Um, I haven't actually watched the show myself, but from what I hear, they did great work with that. Um, but um, the same really can't be said so far, at least judging by the p v and the ten minute preview that um they shared uh it doesn't look like b stars is uh, as pretty uh and I, it's, maybe it's because this, these are you know anthropomorphic characters maybe harder to harder to draw or something I don't know, but um it's it sucks that it's in full c g um and anyways the uh genres for the series are drama and psychological um and, uh, yeah, so I've already hinted at it, but uh, the series, it's a world filled with anthropomorphic characters. You know, each are based off of real-life animals. Um, everything walks on two legs, though, no matter what. Um, um, I even saw, like, a turtle, which you'd think uh, would still be walking on fours. Uh, but everything walks on two legs, including turtles, elephants. Um, their, their builds are, you know, reminiscent of their real-life counterparts. So, like, an elephant, generally, they're just going kind to of have a bigger build. But, like, for the most part, it's like their bodies... Um, outside of like, maybe they're like their, their feet and their nails or whatever, um, are human shaped. So like their torsos, it's like, well, if they're elephant, they're going to have a bigger torso, bigger, you know, um, but like you look at their nails like our main character who is a um a large gray wolf like you know he's he's furry all all over he has like claws as nails you know but he's still you know he's got the posture of a human so everything has like a human posture it's just their heads are entirely just animal so like an elephant you'll see an elephant's head but like a human shaped body um and um it's different um um i i haven't seen a lot of stuff featuring like anthropomorphic uh, characters to be honest i mean the, the obvious uh, comparison um that i'm sure has popped up um you know when other people have talked about it is uh, the pixar movie um zootopia um and uh which is a great film by the way um but yeah anyways i don't want to talk too much about zootopia i want to focus mainly on the b stars i'm trying to avoid actually making that comparison um but, yeah, so there's, like, this divide between herbivores and carnivores, you know, a little bit of tension between them, I'd say. Um, now, omnivores, um, you might, might wonder, okay, if there's herbivores and carnivores, it's got to be the omnivores, right? So they they seem to identify with or at least get lumped into the carnivore category. So they're, you know, they're also kind of, like, um, yeah, they're kind of put, put into that category. Um, I can make some, like, real-world parallels, but I don't want to, like i'm afraid I, I gotta tread that topic carefully because i don't want to like offend so um so the story starts off with an alpaca um his name is tem and he's actually killed at this boarding school stu- uh, boarding school called uh Cher- cheriton academy wow why was that hard to say and that sort of increases this already um existing tension between these two you know um herbivores and cat- uh, carnivores and um the murder itself is uh it's pretty grisly um especially when you think about it, like if it was, was a real life thing, is to say these characters weren't animals. Um, it's just like the one human ate another human. That's pretty messed up. Um, so it's, it's grizzly, but it's not like gory. Like we don't really see much of it. So if you're worried about like a lot of gore or anything, uh, I don't, I don't think you have to worry so far. I think it's rated T plus by Viz ratings, which isn't M. So, um, so like there's blood, but there's not, uh, you know, there's no, you don't really see much. Um, so this this murder it shakes up um a drama club at the school which Tim was a part of and that's where a lot of our cast of characters is from and basically people just start like you know shooting paranoid looks at each other start accusing each other um namely the carnivores um, because you know again uh i don't know how they know this um it could, i mean i guess it's unlikely that an herbivore would murder another herbivore by eating them um um, it seems like an established rule that that's would never be the case, I guess, because they 're herbivores um, so they assume it 's a, a carnivore that that killed this alpaca and um and then that 's when we 're introduced to Legoshi who is a large gray wolf um, and he becomes like kind of a prime suspect because you know he 's a very large intimidating predator um, and he was very close to Tim um, but you start to learn by uh, learn about Lagoshi. And he, you know, he's, he's socially awkward, um, but he's actually, he turns out to be really sweet. Um, and, you know, so he's in this drama club as well. Just like I mentioned, a lot of the characters are, um, the story seems to revolve around the characters within the drama club. And um, Lagoshi, he's part of the um, production crew, and he works mainly on the lights. Um, and again, he was good friends with Tim, but now that he's a suspect in this murder, um, it's um, you know due to that close relationship that he had um, and his and you know his intimidating size and stature, um, <clears throat> excuse me. But the the suspect thing doesn't really seem like a focus uh, in these first two volumes. Um, I'm assuming they're going to get back to it, but like uh, it's like from the murder on that the murder kind of sets things off kind of gets you and you know invest in the series like okay okay so this isn't like a children's story you know these are animals uh you know um anthropomorphic characters like it's not as light and fluffy um as you would guess um just based on like the character designs and stuff I guess I don't know um but uh you know there's murder okay so like there's a there's a possibility that people are gonna get you know <laughs> murdered in this in this story so uh kind of sets the tone um and uh, but it doesn't really seem like the focus. Like it, I'm thinking, okay, it's a murder mystery then. Um, but that murder mystery aspect hasn't really cropped up. Like even as you're getting introduced more characters, um, you know that have issues um, and might be a little. Some of them might be a little unstable. You don't see them as potential suspects. You just see them as kind of characters with issues. Because you kind of forget. It's like, well, yeah, I know this murder took place, but it doesn't seem like um, Iragaki is trying to round up a list of potential suspects um at at the focus seems like this um there's going to be this um play that the um drama clubs is going to be performing and it's supposed to welcome like the new students coming into the academy and that's what seems to be the focus for at least for the first two volumes is this play and um you know so we're getting introduced to the other characters in the day-to-day as they're gearing up for this welcoming performance and um you know for instance there's a one in one character a mongoose, and he's trying to fill the lead role that tem um had um you know left behind after you know being killed so um he, but he's you know he you kind of get a little story with him um he's um he wants to like prove himself and like now it's his time to shine um but then he learns that he's been removed from the actors pool and into stage production with lagoshi um, you also have this Red Deer character named Lewis, who is the leader of the drama club's actors pool. And um, he's absolutely just hell bent on making the play absolutely perfect. Um, Lewis, he's. Uh, I think he's one of the most interesting characters so far. It seems like he's had uh, a majority of the focus. Um, and. Uh, but. He's one of those characters like, well, he's super abrasive. He he takes his work seriously. You can tell he takes his work seriously, but he's not the most pleasant person to be around. Um, and uh, then you also get introduced to a dwarf rabbit character later on named Haru. Um, Haru, you kind of... Um, you learn a little bit of her origin. She has a bit of a reputation around the academy. Um, and, um, um, and you see how she kind of comes into play later on. I don't want to really spoil... But um she seems interesting. She seemed like an interesting character. Um and um I'm looking forward to learning more about, about her specifically because she didn't seem like she had too much of a focus. Um it's it's mainly this was mainly these two volumes, or especially the second volume was mainly Lewis's uh Time to Shine, so um just pay uh, watch out for that, uh that red deer. So you're gonna be seeing a lot of him in at least the first two volumes. Um but um yeah, as you're as you're seeing these characters, you're you're getting little bits of world building. Um, you know, the the focus right now is this welcoming play, but um, you know, you start to learn some things about the world. Uh, for instance, like I mentioned earlier, there's already there was already a tension between these herbivores and carnivores, just due to the fact that they are what they are. Um, or, you know, predators prey that kind of thing, and uh, everybody recognizes this. Um, but, you know, the murders. You know, murder definitely doesn't help, the you know, that case. It actually, you know, obviously it makes things worse. Um, and not every character is, like, paranoid. Not every, like, herbivore is, like, you know, paranoid or, like, you know, the obvious real world parallel is, like, racism, right? So not every herbivore, I guess, is racist towards um, um, carnivores. Um, um, but you do see characters that would say something that you know in real life would be said by someone who's racist um for instance you know there's a dog character and um, you know he's part of the i don't know how to pronounce this canadae um group of carnivores which you know are carnivores that um groups together like -like, dog-like uh carnivores like wolves and hyenas um and this dog character is i think his name was jack i'm pretty sure and he's like a household dog um and um you know there's a character that comments like hey like I understand you're you know you're a candidate just like them but you really shouldn't be hanging out with those wolves and hyenas you're you know you're different (laughs) um so it's 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 kind of messed up it's like yeah you guys are part of the same family but like you really shouldn't be hanging out with those guys I mean you're better than them you know you're you're a carnivore but you're better than those carnivores you know and um it's it's clear that you know there's some obvious like commentary there um so um I think it's interesting um it doesn't it feels like it doesn't focus on that um too much i mean the the theme is it's always like hanging over everything but um you know you don't really get those overt examples um often but that was a clear one where it's like whoa (laughs) um so yeah it's it's interesting uh from a narrative perspective i mean again i don't want to bring up Zootopia every time but Zootopia also did this they commented on um racism um using these uh you know the divide of carnivores and herbivores using that as like to facilitate that that theme um yeah i did mention like world building um it's actually you know some of it's pretty cool like um i thought one was actually kind of funny um there was a student and it was kind of a background thing it was like you know it's one of those um, panels that kind of zooms out and then occasionally you'll see somebody in the corner of the panel just like talking to another character um and uh, that's that's where this example came in it was a i think it was it was one of the students commenting on, on about a squirrel who was having a hard time like uh, cracking open a nut uh, Cracking open a nut And um, <laughs> And they're like Hey aren't you supposed to be like, You're a squirrel Aren't you supposed to be Like carrying around a, a nutcracker Like things like that It's just like Okay you know They're playing with like Yeah the real world um, Things that you know These animals would do um, they're, they're kind of They're kind of playing Messing around with that Itagaki, um, uh Is obviously uh, Is making some of these uh, Characters like Kind of self-aware What they would Their behavior in the wild Would normally be Even though they're You know they're anthropomorphic characters are kind of like part of this like they you know they're in society kind of thing but like you know there's always that constant like theme brought up of like um you know the the attributes that certain animals would have for things and like obviously like instinct um that kind of thing um pops up later on like you know the instinct of a carnivore to hunt um and prey on, on herbivores um that that pops up um but yeah, like, there's some things I noticed, like, uh, apparently some, some of the animals like, cause they're like, okay, if they're carnivores and herbivores, then what do they eat? Right. So, um, and I noticed there was like human like snacks. So like, for example, you see a character named Mark paying his respects to Tem, the alpaca that got murdered. And, um, when you see the gifts that the people laid there, you see stuff like veggie sticks, but also hay donuts, which I'm not sure what that would be, but I think that's kind of unique to that world. But like, it's a, it's kind of a play on stuff that we eat. Um, Uh, but you know with a little bit of more like animal spin to it you know so uh it's it's pretty interesting I I I love stuff like that little details like that um and you see you get a lot of this like kind of like background text it's like extra stuff like you don't have to read it but it does give you a little more information about the world um if you do read it and um you know I love it when um translators uh translate that stuff you know because they could easily just like not do it but um, they do so Um, and it gives you a little extra details about the world. Um, but yeah, so diet wise, um, for these, for these animals, um, uh, you know, meat eating is a felony in this world. Um, carnivores are essentially eating like, uh, like vegetable based stuff, um, veggie burgers and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, yeah. And then obviously the, the herbivores are just eating what they would normally eat just like, but they're human shaped or human, you know, they're prepped in a way that like a us as humans reading this would be like oh okay so it's not just a regular donut it's a hey donut okay um but uh yeah you get some little bits of detail like that are really um really cool um like even um i think during the performance you see like okay so you see like a, uh, a packed auditorium right and then like you get little bits of details like towards the back of the room you have like the giraffes and the elephants they're sitting in the back while the much smaller animals are sitting towards the front and um i think you know it's that also the back of the manga has like little extra bits of um the creative uh, process and like um uh, little bits of extra insight on the world that maybe weren't you know fit um um in the chapters for the story, like for instance, how bathrooms work, you know, because with all these different sized animals, right? So it's like, well, how do bathrooms work? And then like how they all fit into their school uniforms, like right? So if you got an elephant with a ginormous head, right, or like um, a deer with the antlers, like how do they get the their shirts on? You know, that, that kind of thing. So um, I, I appreciate little stuff like that, and um, and I guess like that would go on to like the art discussion. So. Um, at times i think like the art um i i really appreciate because i know this is it's got to be difficult because you're not creating human characters right so um you know and you've got like a breadth of different animals and all different sa- shapes and sizes so like i do have to commend Igaki for being able to draw that kind of stuff and um still communicate stuff that like emotion and stuff like i think a lot of mangaka have trouble um drawing animals because like a lot of time animals look look so weird and unnatural in stories right or they look just, like, too emotive. It's either, like, they look too emotive where it's, like, kind of pulls you out. Or they, well, and this has the same effect of, like, pulling you out. But they also look um, too, like, hyper-realistic when everything else looks sort of, like, stylized. Right? So um, so it's weird. But everything seems to fit for the most part in this story. Um, occasionally it's, like, yeah, you'll have characters, uh, like, look, you know, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Like, some characters will have more express expression in their eyes, like Lewis, like, he has a very strong, um, strong look about him, right? So, and you see a lot of emotion in his character, um, but then you'll see, like, characters, like, some of the, you know, just background characters, like, elephants or giraffes, and they'll just, they'll have, like, no, nothing in their eyes, like, it's just, like, it's a, like, almost, almost, like, a hyper-realistic look, right? um so like occasionally you'll get stuff like that but for the most part like she does a really good job of like blending all these different types of animals together and like putting the focus on their faces when when needed um to, to display that uh emotion um that she's trying to give off in the in the characters um and i think it's really challenging so like even with having the foundation of like the real their real world counterparts um as like you know as a foundation as you know for reference um i think she does a good job making it unique too um without like making it like hyper realistic or too cartoony um so yeah it's it's really interesting um but but at the same time there's a, there's panels that are kind of lacking in detail like you you do get the animal you know maybe like their upper torso on the panel but then like there's nothing in the background really um and i and like you do get those tidbits of like um you know world building in the background i wish i'd saw more of that um but i think i'm i think i'm satisfied with like the amount of stuff that i was getting um you do and we do get a lot of like visual treats uh one of them um i think there's a when they're talking about um the meat eating being a a felony in the in their universe um it kind of has this uh larger panel that's kind of zoomed out of the uh, main dining hall and there's lots of little details there um like for instance there's like bird characters right so like they wouldn't probably wouldn't sit at a table like some of the other animals um and that's one thing you don't see too much of our birds, but if you look really closely in the panel, you do you do see birds. There's like the little um, stems like attached to a, like a tree in the in the in the cafeteria, and you see the birds and like other small animals sitting there. You also see like birds perched up on uh, above like the the lines for the cafeteria. I don't know, just like stuff like that. It's pretty cool, and um, you know you get you get a couple. You know, you get to basically see Itagaki, like flex in that in that panel because just like showing this just a huge variety of. Um, of of animals and stuff. It's it's really neat, and then like you know, there's a few other visual treats that we get. Um, there's a scene in the garden. Um, it's a longer scene in the garden in Volume Two that was really pretty, which makes sense because it's uh, an important rea- um, interaction between two characters. Um, and I think um, there's a scene. Uh, uh, there's a a play um, which, with with uh, or the scene. I'm sorry. There's a scene during the play. Obviously, there's a play. Um, there's a scene during the play uh, with Lewis. Um, and it's just um man when it comes time for the performance i think Itagaki just does a really good job of entering us into lewis's headspace and um just the panels surrounding the performance are just really intense and uh, just gorgeous i like i especially love the detail in the um the um grim reaper mask that um lewis has to wear for his part um it's just really beautiful and uh man oh that's such like that's like uh the climax to that volume it's just it is beautiful um volume two is uh really strong but i don't want to like get too uh in, into spoilers but um yeah um overall speaking of volume two i think it's much stronger than volume one um and again i find it interesting that there's like no it's not much of a murder mystery aspect uh no word from like the authorities in this series even like I, you don't see a, like police or anything like it's all in the school it's mostly this drama club like you don't see like no word from authorities no speculation really on anyone's part except for like those initial chapters um and and, and honestly you don't see a lot of mourning like you you got one panel of like people paying their respects to Tim but like you don't there's not a lot of grieving there's not a lot of mourning like Lagoshi, who was you know the closest to Tim um you don't see a lot from him um and that's that's one aspect where like the I guess the emotion I just wasn't feeling it like it just it just seemed like nobody was really that Sad, all that sad, I mean you know th- his death is referenced um from time to time, but like there's no yeah it's weird it's really weird there's no grieving, there's no like okay, you know s- s- like some update on the murder like <laughs> they because they don't know who it is, right, so th- like you would think you, um, that would be a constant uh subject in the school, just like permeating like until I like, figure out who the heck it is right um so but yeah, not too much of a focus, and maybe it 's just because like the theme you know the theme or it was a little different for the volume, um, the second volume, and, like, the focus was, you know, um, different, so, I don't know, um, I, th- I think that, uh, I, am definitely enjoying it, like, I noticed right after finishing this, uh, the second volume, uh, a couple of days ago, um, it's like, I wanted to get back to these characters, um, but I'm excited, I think the new volume's supposed to come out, um, next month, I believe, the middle of November, um, so that's exciting, or maybe it's the middle of this month. No, no, I don't know. I forgot. I probably should know this. Um, but yeah, so I'm excited to get back to these characters. I, I really do miss them already. Um, I'm, I want to say I'll watch the anime, but I just feel like I'm going to be so disappointed. I don't know. I was like, maybe I'll watch the anime up to the point where I left off in the manga. Because the anime I think is going to pass what's legally available in English in the manga, right? So I don't know. Um, but yeah, I could have talked a little bit more about the themes. Like, for instance, with Legoshi, um, specifically, he's having a bit of an identity crisis. Um, there's a lot of you know, he's struggling with the fact that he's a carnivore, and everybody sees him for a certain thing. He says he's used to it. He says he's used to being people being scared of him, people suspecting him, you know, um, that kind of thing. Um, but you know, it's clear that he's not. Like he has a lot of self-loathing, um, and especially there's a there's one scene later on, um, kind of suppressing some of his natural instincts, um, you know, and and later on you get um, this character Haru, who also kind of has a little bit of a self-loathing. So that that seems to be a um, a common theme um a lot of the characters aren't satisfied with with their or you know stuff like that i don't know um hmm i think i covered everything i wanted to cover this uh this episode's going a little bit long um generally i would um around this time i would add feedback from the the community about the series um but it's probably a good thing that uh i don't because otherwise this episode would be a little uh too long so um thank you guys um for sticking around um, to the end, if you're still listening. Um, uh, it's going to take me a while to get back to the flow of this. Um, it's, it's, again, it's been a while since I've recorded an episode. So, um, I, if I rambled a little bit more than usual, or, um, <laughs> I haven't really listened to my past episodes. I probably should, uh, just to like remind myself of how I went about flowing between things, but, um, um, but thank you. Uh, I just, you know, I'll get back into the routine every week, uh, and getting this done. And, um, and hopefully not, not ramble too much or bore you guys. Um, so I hope you enjoyed that episode. Um, or <laughs> this episode. That episode. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, next week is going to be Blade of the Immortal. And I normally have the author's name written down. But I didn't write it down. But yeah, it's Blade of the Immortal. I said I was going to cover it before I went on hiatus. Um, and actually, that's pretty timely. Because I think it's getting a, um, an adaptation uh, this anime season. Which I didn't know. So I guess it worked out pretty good. Um, B is getting an adaptation and Blade of the Immortal. So... Uh, that's that's pretty interesting. Um, and I think that's on sale right now. If you guys want to pick up the volumes, it's a dark horse title. Um, and they they're constantly having um sales on their manga. That's how I got a lot of um Berserk. So, yeah, definitely recommend checking it out. It's beautiful, and, and, and apparently the anime adaptation. is gonna be a full adaptation of the uh the manga, which is crazy. Um, I wish it was being. I've seen the preview. It looks it looks pretty intense. I just don't know how. The quality of the animation is going to be because, like, it was a lot of like, uh, you know, not a lot ton of movement, um and uh you know, and the quality looked decent for for what it was. But like, I wonder if they're going to be able to maintain that throughout the entire story because Blade of the Immortal just looks um, just looks gorgeous. Um, I really wish like Madhouse got it or something. And the studio that's animating next next season is also animating two other shows, so I feel like the work is spread pretty thin um but we'll we'll see um but anyways yep so that's next week's episode thank you guys for sticking around hope you enjoyed this and i will catch you on the flip side Bye bye